<laughs> Very good morning. So good to be here with you now. Take a deep breath. I, I need to preach. I was laughing. Guys, we are in the last sermon or teaching about Nehemiah. It was a long and beautiful journey through this book. In this book, we can keep preaching. In this book, it's beautiful, full of teachings. But I need your uh, attention for the next few minutes to share something. And I want to start this with a question for you. Now, take a deep breath before the answer. The question is, have you ever looked in the mirror and said, I am not what I would like to be? Again, have you ever looked in the mirror, maybe now at the end of the year, and when you look to the past or 2020, this crazy year, and 2021, what's uh what is waiting for us and suddenly you have that feeling i am not the kind of person that i would like to be why i'm asking this because all of us we've got these three challenges first one to be what others want us to be and in this first one we spend years and years and a lot of effort and energy and time we try to meet people's expectations the whole life. And sometimes it becomes a prison. Uh, we try to receive approval from parents, from spouse, from boss, from manager, from teachers, from friends. Because everybody wants to feel loved, wanted, or uh, that someone care about us. We need this. And to meet all these expectations of people around us, sometimes we feel like, I don't know about you, but many times in my life I felt uh, with some kind of armor that doesn't fit in my body because it belongs to someone else. It's not my shape, it's not my size, but I try hard and I keep trying, trying, trying to be someone to please someone. Some parents uh begging from children love to receive love from their children or even from simple things political opinions food taste musical taste into more serious stuff career or faith trying to receive someone else's approval this is the first challenge maybe you are watching this video now or later on on facebook and you are living this kind of life now trying to please your husband or wife or children or friends or parents. But maybe if you are watching this, you came to this point. Okay, it's enough for me. I want to be what I want to be. I want to be free. And this leads us to the second challenge. When we try to be what we would like to be. My opinions, my career, my business, my taste, my faith. And sometimes we just exchange for another executioner because now we need to meet our expectations. And we are in this race trying to find happiness, trying to add meaning to the course of the life, trying to find answers. And then we try hard to buy things that there's a meaning for us, a house or a career or university or uh, on business and we try to be happy and sometimes in this journey 
we mix what we are with what we do. And we don't know what we are. We just know what we do. Who are you? Oh, I am an engineer. I am a pastor. I am the pastor's wife. Or I, and we are lost. But we are trying to find or to fit our emotions and dreams pursuing happiness and meaning. So this is the first challenge. Try to please someone, to become someone, to, to please someone. The second, try to be what we want to be. But the third challenge is the God's invitation for you and me this morning. And is the God's challenge for you and me this morning. This challenge doesn't come from the others or from myself. It's from him. And the challenge is to be what God wants you to be. What God wants me to be in his plans. And this is a problem sometimes because sometimes God doesn't want us to be what we want to be. So God is really worried about our identity. And we will talk about this this morning. What the Bible can teach, what Nehemiah's book can teach for us about the reconstruction, rebuilding of our, our identity. So we talked in the first uh, weekends or Sundays, the previous, about when God is rebuilding our um, purpose, life of prayer, and the mission, and all of these, and compassion, and the love for the Word of God. And now they finished the task, the mission, they rebuilt the walls, Everybody was happy and they gathered together. And now is the time to rebuild their identity. But we will never be who God wants us to be if we were not regenerated by Jesus. So before we go to the text, we need to understand something. Across the whole Bible, God is always worried regarding his people's identity. You said the first five books in the Bible is full of histories and wars and all of this. But in the last one, Deuteronomy, God just said for the people, his people of Israel, okay, guys, sit down here in this grass, in this field. I need to talk to you. Now, guys, you were about to cross the, the Jordan, the river. And the other side, there's this land, beautiful land, the promised land waiting for you. It's your dreams. It's your career. It's your targets. Everything's there. And you are about to go there. Now, Deuteronomy is a book who was written to make these people remember who they are. Because sometimes we forget. We forget who we are. And then God says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and he says, okay, guys, in that place over there, you are about to go. They have Netflix. They have internet. They have houses packed with good food and fun and good friends and everything. But when you go there, verse 12, be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who broke you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only and take your oaths in his name. What he's saying, hey, 
be careful because there is something waiting for you there. It's not only about weapons and war and strong people. It's about the culture. It's about some kind of mindset. It's about a behavior. It's about the lifestyle. Don't mix this in your identity. So what's happened? What's happening in Nehemiah's book? They finished the task of the wall. They had many um, battles and struggling with the enemies and opposition. But now is the time to remember who they are. In chapter 8 of the book of Nehemiah, uh, I want to read with you verse 1 from 1 to 3. It's written there. I have it in my screens showing up in your screen as well. All the people came together as one. Oh, this is beautiful. Sometimes we are together, but sometimes we are not one. <laughs> but all of them came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, so came from the people to Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest broke the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand, all generations, kids, teenagers, uh, single people, married, couples, families, everybody was there. And he read it aloud from daybreak to noon. As he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of men and women, and others who could understand, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Now, what's happening here? Nehemiah chapter 7, 8, 9. If you read this, if you read chapter 9, for example, verse 3, the Bible says they spent three hours reading and more three hours confessing their sins and praying. Was there a revival in that day or in that period? What's happening? If you read these three chapters, you see they are remembering about Moses and the law and the festivals, the parties, the celebrations they had in the past. They are bringing back in their memories and their hearts, their identity, who they are. Do you know what this GIDS? GIDS is a clinic um, sponsored by uh, NHS. In this clinic, uh, the kids, the teenagers, they can receive some help to change the sex. It's here in UK, of course, NHS. And it's very polemic, the treatment and the way that they do this. So they can change the sex of the kids because NHS now they understand there are seven different genders on NHS and they try to fix the kids only for children because sometimes is the way that they feel inside doesn't fit, doesn't match with their bodies. So NHS is providing the service through this GIDS, it's a clinic. More than 40 doctors and nurses, they uh, left this place is very polemic because there's a huge number of kids regret of that procedures and there is no way back. Now, a journalist 
Her name is Abigail. Uh, she's from the Wall Street Journal. She wrote a book. And the, the book calls uh, Irreversible Damage. Irreversible Damage, the transgender craze, craze seducing all daughters. What's happening with this book? The book is a denouncement against this system here and US as well. And Amazon, they banned all the advertising about the book in order to not increase the sales. They're trying to uh, make the people not read the book, to not be available for everybody. What's happening around us in our time, in our promised land of the 21st century? These three very, really hard words that for me, mainly for me, is hard to, to the pronunciation. Pluralization, <laughs> relativization, secularization. I don't know if it's the right pronunciation, but what's happening? Everything's plural, and there is no one uh, absolute truth above everything, a absolute truth, just its point of view. You have your God, I have my God. You have your faith, I have my faith. You have your agenda, I have my agenda, and everything's fine. And we don't need God. And another day, uh, Manuela, one of the twins, I have three girls, Clara, Manuela, and Barbara. Manuela came home with a, um, a test from the school and she was showing for me and was written there and the teacher was teaching. Come on, God is a magic, it's like a fairy tale. And it was really clear, I read the thing. And they're openly teaching, we don't need this. There is no truth. And all of these three words, this brought our generation to chaos, the deconstruction of the family or of the right and the wrong. And we have become a liquid society. BBC, 2018, 70%, 70%, 70% of young Brits between 16 and 29 years old, nearly three quarters of young Brits, they identify themselves as having no religion at all, is 91% in Czech Republic. So this is the best time to be God's people. <clears throat> There's a need. Who you pray for these numbers? Who you stand before the God's throne? Who you go to the universities, for the college, for, for the schools, for the streets? Who you teach? Who you preach? Who you say God is alive? If you keep reading chapter 8 of uh, Nehemiah, and verse 6 is written there. Ezra, praise the Lord, the great God, and... All the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen and Amen. Then they bowed down, they worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And verse 8, they read from the book of the law, make it clear and given the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Is what we do as a church, is what we are doing here, teaching teaching and teaching and preaching and preaching again and again. And maybe it's not something brand new, but maybe it's making you remember you are God's people. Do not be ashamed of your faith. Hey, young guy, if you are listening to this video, if you're watching this video, 
412 or, or solid or if you have friends stop acting as you will if you are spreading some disease do not apologize yourself for your faith just to be accepted by your friends in us for adults as well in the marketplace come on guys this is the moment to stand and say we are god's people <clears throat> we are in the middle of this generation full of internet and netflix and sex gender and all this agenda we are here to say that we are the chosen people the royal priesthood a holy nation a god's special possession that you may declare there's a mission to do. There's something. Okay, I'm God's people. I need to remember in Nehemiah, in the oldest chapters that I said now for you, seven, eight, nine, the people is coming back to their identity. Yes, I am this. I am child God of God. I'm children of God. I am not what I do. I am the children of God. God doesn't love me more or less uh, according with my performance or according with my achievements or results. I am the children of God. He loves me. I don't need to try someone else that I don't want to be. I don't need to pursue my little dreams trying to uh, be someone that I would love to be. I am someone that God wants me to be. Is what you are. So you don't need to look into the mirror and say, I am not what I would like to be. Yes. But if you are someone that God wants you to be, then you find meaning, then you find direction, then you find the, the sense of, of all of this, your mission of life. And I want to finish with this. First Peter 2.9, I was talking now uh, with you, but you are chosen people. I love this verse. Whoa, I love this verse. There is no space for identity crisis. You are chosen people. You are not, a, oh, uh, uh, I think I will become a Christian. I think I watched that service. No, someone chose you. You are just watching this video because someone behind the scenes put this camera or this mobile, this device, whatever, in front of your eyes to say you are chosen people. Royal priesthood, holy nation, God's special possession. This is amazing. <laughs> For what? To declare that you may declare, not to be ashamed of your faith, not to confirm or to have your mindset according with this word, but to declare the praises of him who called you out of the sin, out of the darkness, out of the empty life, out of the... Uh, low self-esteem, out of your uh, loneliness into his wonderful light. Once you were not people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had no received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What do you do with that? Okay. Tomorrow is Monday. Tomorrow have your life and emails and things to do. How you be your behavior, your mindset, your conversations, your identity is in Jesus. Because he was God and he came to this earth as a servant, he humbled himself. This Jesus humiliation doesn't start on the cross. Started when he was drinking Mary's milk. 
started when he was born in a manger. Because he is God. And he's telling to you this morning, I want you to be what, what I have planned for you, for your life. I want to pray for you now. In this end of this series, all these teachings is to make you remember you are God's people. God has a plan, has a mission, is to rebuild your faith, your purpose, your life, is to not surrender to the news, to COVID-19, to the crisis, is to be aware and to be sure about who you are in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray now because only your Holy Spirit can take these words, these very powerful words to the hearts of people, to the emotions and minds and change and touch. Our intentions is not enough to change someone else's heart, but you are powerful. And I pray now, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, those who feel alone, those who feel full of fear and anxieties about these troubled times that you are living now, just Holy Spirit, make them remember who they are in you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen and amen. And God bless you, my friend. God keep you. God give you dreams. God speak to you. God give his word like a flame. And you take this torch, this flame, and take with you in every place this week in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.